Welcome to the Category 3 Podcast. I am here with my very good friend, Meet Shaw, uh, and we are going to earn our name, our titular name today <laughs> of Category 3 by doing an actual Category 3 movie. How are you doing, Meet? Woohoo! Hey, hey, James. I'm doing well. Well, I'm doing as good as anyone could after, after watching the film we're, we're about to talk about. Yeah. Let me ask you, um, how long of a shower did you need to wash the filth of this film <laughs> off? Or did you, or, or are you like a 45-minute shower, or is it more like three showers, you know, it's sort of like <laughs> Pfizer, two doses. You do one shower, you wait for uh, 25 minutes, and then you do another shower. I, I watched the film at 1 a.m., and it, it, like I ended up finishing closer to 3 a.m., so it was more like no sleep time after that. I was up till... 5:36 ish in the morning because yeah de- the the movie definitely got me and that was this morning so yeah I'm running on low sleep and I don't know how how well I'll be able to contribute for for this podcast yeah. but I'm excited to talk about it low sleep thanks to the untold story the film we're watching today yes, uh, yes. so what what was your um, impression of the film just kind of basically um I um so okay it I, like. It definitely so untold story um it's it's produced by hong kong studios i guess in in mm-hmm. 1993 um i definitely didn't go in with a lot of expectations and i kind of really didn't associate the fact that we were doing a category three film with with the film with the viewing time it, itself so um the film was pretty intense for me, and uh, it got more and more intense. It, it was crazy, and there are some things that are just insanely ridiculous. Only and then only after watching the movie did I realize that it is based on true story, which I know. <laughs> just just blew my mind. I was like, "What the? F-? Basically, yeah. what the fuck?" You know. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the ones where if they put like the based off of a true story thing. And then you start to see it, you're like, oh, this this is like one of those bullshit based off of a true story, like Blair Witch Project or something like that. But no, apparently right. this is actually based off of a true story. And I think some of it's kind of, kind of like this urban is... legend, not totally true stuff, or at least not uh, mm-hmm. fact-checked properly. But, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of messed up that it's uh, based <laughs> off of that. Um, so did yeah. you... Uh, so it sounds like the film had a very strong impact on you. Uh yeah, did you uh, yeah. did you enjoy it at all, or was it is it just like too much on another level? It was it was it was entertaining. It um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, it it was entertaining, but I think by the end of it, it definitely got a little bit too much for me. Like the the humor and stuff, and um, the kind of silliness and that kind of, the things that go on throughout the movie were. We're kind of a good like back and forth between like the the really crazy things that happen in the movie, and it starts out pretty pretty intense right at the top too. So um, yeah, really interesting I mean, it, to see the the directing style and the action and like 
how the shots feel so very real like like the mm -hmm. the person that's on fire right the front right at the top um yeah the i mean sequence right i think it's a really well-made film uh in terms of a lot of the just technical aspects like the gore mm -hmm. effects look really good i think it's all practical yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really messed up film. It's a film that starts with a severed hand being washed up on a shore in Macau, or I think yep. it was washed up in Macau and, uh, and a woman and some kids discovering it. And somehow the film just goes downhill and downhill and downhill and further downhill until finally we're watching not one, not two, not three, not four, but five children getting murdered one by one Mur by by Arlie. Yeah. I mean, like, it's yeah, a film that, that is extremely really um, intense. extreme, uh, and somehow mm -hmm. continues to uh, just sort of uh, amp up the ante uh, as uh, as it goes on. Um, okay, yes. well, uh, let me read you a sh very short synopsis. You can let me know what you think of it. Uh, detectives investigate a restaurant famous for pork buns when severed hand wash up on the beach. That, that sounds that sounds about right, yeah. I I think like it. From the from the plot point, I think yeah, it, it's great that it doesn't give away give away a whole lot. And like, yeah, uh, assuming that you know that the film is rated as category three, you kind of expect something crazy, but it doesn't give away a whole lot, which is great. Like I think right, the film basically picks up from here and goes to places that you probably couldn't even imagine. Maybe maybe some people could, but I definitely it definitely beat my imagination. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is kind of a pedantic nitpick, but were there two hands or was it just one? Right at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. I thought there were two. Okay, um, was it? But they okay. don't really they don't really focus on it the, a whole lot, right? So yeah, yeah, um, I guess that's right. Like, yeah, the the female police detective, she kind of plays with one of the severed arms uh, uh, with a stick and stuff. Yeah, it was, was kind of <laughs> silly and stuff. Yeah. But they don't well, really thinking... focus on the fact that they have a pair of hands, right? So I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't focus on, you, a lot on yeah. it. No, actually, that's true. There was two hands. Now I'm thinking about it again. I was mm -hmm. thinking, like, one... One hand washes up in Macau, and the other one washes up in, like, Australia or something. And they're, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? what the fuck, mate? <laughs> can, can a hand wash up all the way that far from Macau to Australia? Jeez. It, according to this movie logic, I think so. I, I think it's 100% uh, okay. physically provable Possibly. Un, under the untold story. <laughs> Scientific <Yes>. logic. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> this is based off a true story. Um, and, uh, it actually won an award for best acting for Anthony Wong in this film, like the Hong Kong award, which yeah. is kind of amazing. Cause I don't think in America we would ever, uh, reward a role like this quite to this level. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, and I actually first saw this film, um, probably around 10 years ago when I was jumping into more of like the Hong Kong Cantonese, more extreme films. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, this director and actor combo, they, four years later from now, they would do a, a similarly depraved film, <laughs> Ebola Syndrome, the uh, Syndrome, which is, I think, uh, one of my personal favorites as far as these style of films go. Um, and this film I actually watched after that, and 
I don't know that I initially liked it as much, but for me, uh, I do like these B movies. I think a lot of it's well done. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so for me, these hit, hit the the soft spot for me. I didn't. I don't have a hard time uh, falling asleep. Fortunately, after these, so <laughs> it's a uh, the <laughs> fun. Nice. Me. That's good. Yeah. yeah. In fact, maybe yeah. maybe if you rewatch it, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. To do that, you're gonna have to watch it again at one a.m. Uh, next next uh, go. Saturday night, and you'll have to report back, do a split test. I know? feel like I watched part of Ebola Syndrome with you, and I thought I felt like that was kind of intense, but maybe because, or although I don't know, maybe because it's not based on a true story, that there's not so much intensity within it as much as it is kind of humorous like in a very dark dark humor kind of way don't speak and too soon felt... just right, kidding I i'm pretty I sure ebola syndrome is <laughs> i haven't seen the whole movie i haven't no, seen the whole I, movie so. i don't think ebola syndrome is based off of a true story thankfully true story yeah ebola syndrome is like the funnier more racist version of the story <laughs> there we go there we go I, I don't know what, like, inspired the people that made this movie to be like, yeah, let's add some racism and go to South Africa <laughs> and make the, yeah. make the movie, oh, yeah, Ebola's big in the news now. Let's add that in, too. <laughs> I mean, it's such Anthony a tasteless Wong, idea. Anthony Wong read the script of Ebola Syndrome and was like, oh, yeah, I've done this. I've done worse than this, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. I guess my character's not so racist uh, in the first movie. Yeah, in this movie, I guess. Yeah, I well, know. let's talk a little bit about Anthony Wong. I mean, I think he's one of the most interesting things to talk about in this film, because I think he's really, mm-hmm. really good in this part. But mm-hmm. interestingly, he does not like these films at all. Uh, in fact, uh, he had mm-hmm. a contract. Uh, he's like a classically trained actor, so trained in the theater uh, and, and that sort of thing. Wow. Um, and he had he, a contract. He definitely brings a level of intensity that... I mean, um, to the character that I don't think many other actors would. I mean, I I don't know a whole lot of Hong Kong based actors that that are famous other than kind of like Jackie Chan and stuff, right? But right, right, right. Um, yeah, he has a very unique intensity that he brings to the character. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't half-ass it at all. I mean, he is going balls to the wall on this. I mean, he's going all the way as far as yeah. the stuff. And I mean, like he's not mainly in his performance. And like I think that uh, no. best actor award is well deserved. But, I mean, I think Absolutely. it's interesting that uh, the studio contract actually made him, uh, obligated him to do these films. So he had to do it because the studio is like, all right, we got a role for you. Here it is. And so he apparently got it. And I was like, Wait. he was like, oh, shit. Really? I got to do this? <laughs> so, I mean, Wait. <laughs> that what? Him- that makes it even uh, funnier to me, at least. This, like, this guy is so good This is so like the opposite role. world. Like, I feel like in U.S., no studio would be like, let's do, like, a, a fucked up, like, cannibalism kind of movie. It would be like yeah. some actor went out of their way to want to do this kind of a ridiculous movie and put it out there. This is yeah, so yeah. crazy that, like, studios were, like, going, like, let's do Category 3 type films. And, yeah. and force actors into making them. Like, it's yeah. so just the opposite of what I would... Yeah. I, what, yeah. yeah what if, it's like I didn't if, know the uh, history behind this. It's so. like Marvel Studios had, like, a contract for Paul Rudd for, like, eight films. They're like, oh, Ant-Man 4 wasn't very good. So we got something else for you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you feel about cannibalism? <laughs> there we go. Uh, I, surprisingly, I, Paul Rudd, I think, would 
be a great like if he played some kind of evil personality because he's just so he he looks so un not harmful right so if he did something like this it would just be even more terrifying if he did a movie like this yeah but i don't think marvel studios would yeah or sony or whatever whoever owns the rights to these movies would like be like oh, all right paul red now do this instead <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I don't think so either sadly enough because if i knew paul red was signing up for a remake of this film like the american remake of this film i would be the first person in line <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you probably go. have to right. change it from Chastu valley to hamburgers or something but you know it works yeah yeah still or, call it the eight immortals yeah, or hamburgers, or like Italian sausage, or something like that. Italian sausage. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Uh, well, well anyways, uh, we, I got kind of sidetracked there talking about Anthony Wong. But yeah. what was your? Um, uh, how did you like him in this role? Yeah, I thought he was intense. Um, you know, like I felt like. So I haven't seen any other Anthony Wong movies. If I if I'm thinking correctly. But, Have you seen um, Infernal Affairs? The oh, the, yeah. the original that, from The Departed. One? He's actually the uh, cop's mentor uh, in that one. So I think he's the equivalent Whoa. of uh, uh, Martin Sheen. So he's, Whoa, okay. he's the guy that gets thrown off the building. Okay. Infernal Affairs, again, another movie that I saw a long quite a ago. long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So so didn't remember that part specifically but that's amazing also much after right like 10 10 years or 10 so, or yeah. so years after after this movie so he looks he probably looks a little bit older he does a yeah a little bit different yeah i mean it's also kind of um, a mentor part but yeah go ahead yeah yeah so i mean yeah i guess i didn't i didn't i didn't remember him in infernal affairs and i don't think i've seen him in other movies that i can recall or i remember him so my point was like i this movie as well done as it is, I didn't think it was like the kind of box office success that it ended up it ended up being. Like I thought this was like think of how R-rated uh, movies or NC seventeen movies are in the U.S. Right? They're sort of very uh, infrequently consumed, like by consumed by a lot less people, a lot smaller audiences and stuff. So, like to see some really good actor in this surprised me um it, it was kind of like like tom cruise going and and doing eyes wide shut right and it was just such a kind of different movie from what he normally does and like seeing anthony wong i you can clearly tell that he's a really good actor he's really well trained but it was surprising to see him in this movie. I don't. I don't know if I. I made the point succinctly enough. But yeah, you know, I think I get it. Yeah, you, I mean, you normally don't see actors like him uh, in this film. It's kind of like if uh, I don't know, like like Al Pacino after The Godfather mm -hmm. or something showed up in something like ten times more mm -hmm. depraved than Scarface. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it was he brought, like you said, he goes balls to the wall. He brings intensity, like never seen before the the prison fight is crazy like where he just gets beaten up and there are some scenes where it's literally him like falling from one of the one of the like upper beds down on the floor and people just beating up on him 
and that is insane like i'm like wow this guy is doing his stunts like it's crazy i'm sure he didn't do all of, well i'm i don't know <laughs> but he might have not done all of them but but the some of the things that we saw in there in that movie was yeah crazy it, that, yeah that he did i mean yeah. it's incredibly physical like just everything he's doing like he takes an yeah. incredible amount of beating he bites yeah. a guy's cheek off uh he uh I mean, he, he doles out a ton of punishment, and he takes a lot of punishment uh, from the cops and from the prisoners uh, as well. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I totally agree about that. I mean, he... Like, you would not think that this is a role that he didn't want to take, just because how much he uh, he's, like, acting the hell out of it, really. Um, yeah, so, uh, about the character, I mean, I, I think it's actually a pretty good portrayal, too, of just, like... Uh, of, like kind of like that sociopathic unhinged thing it's like we see mm -hmm. him and you know it's pretty obvious immediately that he's sort of scumbag we cheat see mm -hmm. him cheating we see just how fast he flies off the handle and like the reason he commits mm -hmm. all the murders including the murder at the beginning it's just so stupid mm -hmm. they're just like yeah they're just like they're not good reasons it's like everyone else in that situation wouldn't and he's just like very cowardly uh dastardly uh behavior um and i think he just portrays it well about like how he's never even willing to take blame himself he just like blames uh other people and the stuff cops. like that and it's like yeah. I, I think this behavior we've all seen before uh sometimes in our elected officials uh uh and uh, oh wow <laughs> okay <laughs> we're making a leap here yeah. go ahead go yeah, ahead yeah, yeah. I that, that, that's you. all i was gonna say that's all i was gonna say <laughs> You know, some people are clearly out for themselves and cannot take uh, accountability for themselves. And, uh, you know, Anthony for Wong sure. is one. And I've heard some presidents in the past have uh, also uh, <laughs> cannot cannot accept uh, certain things. All right. So, yeah. We, um, we've lost half our audience now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm that's true. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, well, uh <clears throat> Yeah, so any other thoughts on uh, sort of Anthony Wong or the character he plays? Uh, character being Wong Churhong? No, um, that's, that's, I think we, we covered a good deal. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we actually had the pleasure of going to um, Hong Kong together, uh, I think yes. about uh, five years ago now. Jesus. Uh, Maybe it's five and a half. I mean, it was a long time ago. Uh, and uh, I think one of the cool parts of this film, this film takes place in Macau, which is just a short ferry ride from Hong Kong. Also a special um, zone, uh, sort of like Hong Kong. Uh, how did you... F and, and I feel like it has a somewhat similar look to Hong Kong. It's a little bit more Portuguese influence. It was a Portuguese colony mm -hmm. a long time ago. Um, mm -hmm. How did you... Did you see... Did it seem familiar to you at all? Like, how did you like the setting of this being set in Macau? I, I mean, I don't, I, we didn't go to Macau, but I don't, I don't think I've, it seemed any, any part of it seemed recognizable to me and, in, in, or familiar to me, if I'm being honest. Okay. Like, I, I really liked the setting. It was really nice. The scenes were great. The, the locations were great. Um, one of the things I did notice was, I don't know if it was the, the filming, the, 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 the filming the equipment they used at the time or like how there were parts times when it just kind of felt smoggy like like there was it was hazy in some of the scenes and i don't know if it was it was literally the same problem that when when we went to hong kong and how hazy it was at times or if it was just just the equipment and like the shooting that they were doing like if 
it was just out of the production. It very uh, well could have been that. either one. I don't know. I mean, like it yeah. could have been yeah. very hazy uh, or smoggy yeah. when when they were shooting too. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a good amount of like technical knowledge to be able to uh, kind of differentiate or, or conclude that it's one or the other. Um, but but sort of made me think of, of of our time there and like how how hazy it was kind of even uh, in the midday right some of the days like when we went out on the boat and stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah yeah so, I, what what did you think did you find it familiar I I don't think like I couldn't recognize anything or seem seem familiar to me but. right I mean obviously it's been thirty years almost since this film yeah. has happened so I think it has changed yeah. a bit but yeah I mean seeing it does, definitely reminds me a bit of Asia and Hong Kong and I I have gone to Macau yeah. on a separate trip so uh it and I don't I can't say that. Macau looks totally different from Hong Kong. So, yeah, seeing that stuff, it's yeah. very... Uh, and, you know, like the dim sum restaurants like that are selling like, yeah. the pork buns and stuff like that. I mean, we've all yep, we've yep. seen that uh, before. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Same dim sum containers, for sure. Um, <clears throat> it, Hong Kong just felt like... When we visited, it felt so modernized. And, and this has a lot of... Given, given the time that it was shot in, like, 20 years ago, it was... It, it feels... a you know, it feels not as modern, which is right. understandable. I mean, I mean, it's also taking place in sort of an era where Jackie Chan is sort of uh, at the peak of his powers, too, in terms of, like, uh, mm-hmm. being a Hong Kong superstar. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably maybe our best view into Hong Kong of that time period. And definitely a lot less developed True. than it is uh, uh, currently, at least. Currently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now Macau is, like, loaded with casinos and all that stuff. And it's like, we don't definitely don't get to see that world um in here i mean right although it it all started from uh eight immortals restaurant yeah (laughs) i mean maybe (laughs) maybe that's uh that's uh untold story uh they've already done two and three so maybe that's four it's like you uh somehow he takes control of a casino and shenanigans ensue (laughs) (laughs) yeah there we go (laughs) yeah that's what happened um, <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, one of the other things I think is kind of uh, interesting about this film, too, um, is its tone and uh, its humor uh, specifically. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these East Asian films, I, I'm thinking of stuff like Bong Joon-ho, and we're talking about, like, Memories of Murder, The Host, uh, mm-hmm. Parasite. Mm-hmm. Those films do, like, a great job of having these really serious, intense thrillers and, and serial killer mm-hmm. aspects and, like, really kind of messed up stuff in it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, also a sense of humor. Um, and this one, yep. I don't, I'm not going to say it's the exact same, but parts of this, it's almost like, just like, I wrote like David Fincher levels of depravity, but then it's mixed with sort of like this really goofy Hong Kong humor. Uh, that's almost mm-hmm. like the humor that you'd get from like a Jackie Chan film of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you sort of, did, do you agree with sort of my tonal breakdown of that stuff? And, uh, like, how did you find did you find that sort of interesting mix to work at all for you? Um, I think I agree with you, actually. So I was I was trying to place the kind of humor, and I found that... So it definitely made me think of Memories of Murder to, to a degree. It, it instantly reminded me because of the, the kind of... The, the, the juxtaposition or the switching between, like, the intense scenes, and then all of a sudden, like, you have these cops and detectives who who are just acting silly and like are are dressed up in like really bright colored clothes and stuff um 
but I thought the humor was just so overly cheesy that like it didn't stack up to the humor and the way it's brought about in Memories of Murder. So I was kind of trying to think like where they're going with 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 the humor, but it makes sense to think about it in terms of Memories of Murder of like them kind of putting these two intense and comedic parts together. But at the same time, they just don't know good humor, so they're they're borrowing from Jackie Chan type <laughs> movies where where the humor is just utterly cheesy. Yeah, and it it total now now it totally makes sense. Yeah, I mean I, I think you're right. I, I think for Memories of Murder, it has like a certain there, there's more of an intelligence in how it uh, mm-hmm. constructs the mm-hmm. things, and it feels less off. Mm-hmm. I mean. For Memories of Murder, Memories of Murder for me is just about a perfect film. So that stuff works 100% of the time. Uh, so I, I think I agree that this stuff is silly. At the same part, yeah. I kind of like it. It makes the film very goofy in a weird way. Uh, but it also kind of lightens it. I don't know if this mm-hmm. film is like... For me, this film is fun. For you, maybe yeah. not. Because it, it kept you up till 6 a.m. Maybe not a fun film. But for me, uh, it's <laughs> so, sort of like the weird humor can play with, like, you, you described it as sort of like mm-hmm. the juxtaposition with, like, the more serious mm-hmm. stuff of Anthony Wong just, like, chopping up people and making them into meat uh, dumplings. Uh, and, and it just, uh, I don't know, it, it, it plays well enough for me that it allows, like, that stuff to happen and for me to still have, like, a good time. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, how, how do you get viewers to, to like, come and watch a movie and, and sort of, like sit through the entire movie if if you're only portraying uh, or, or or showing cannibal on the screen and he's killing people the entire time right so like you definitely need some moments in between to kind of talk about like investigation and how he's getting caught but then like add humor there to to lighten the situation um yeah definitely it, it certainly made the film more entertaining and more bearable because of it i think like from from direction and from acting perspective it's so good but like from writing perspective (laughs) it humor kind of falls short but like without humor the movie feels even even less interesting or entertaining because the there's no sort of twist or anything really right it's a pretty uh straight forward plot like it's a psychopath killing uh taking over a restaurant and killing employees and then right like we kind right. of later realized that he also killed the owner which is like not a not a huge surprise yeah uh, so, i mean it's, so it's a, nice to have humor in between basically yeah so if i'm understanding you right i mean i i think i agree without the humor it's just a very depraved film and i you know i've i've yeah. seen some of those uh and for me they te- I, I prefer this film over them, stuff like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer or stuff like that. It's just like, yeah. oh, this is a good movie, but man, it is zero fun for me to really enjoy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. It sounds like, if I'm understanding you right, you like that there's humor there. Uh, you just wish it was like a little better. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like be a nice. Bong Joon-ho yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Bong Joon-ho is just so good at like, yeah, combining those humorous moments in, in, into like some pretty intense gory stuff but there are very few who can do it as well as he does so right yeah. right i won't take points off this film for not for having bad humor 
yeah. or not having very good humor. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like a lot of these can- Cantonese films, they, their sense of humor is not necessarily the same that I have. So a lot of it is very hit or miss for me. And, and it, that also includes Jackie Chan films to some extent, where it's like some of it is just like, ah, this, yeah. is, this is pretty silly. Uh, and yep. for me, it doesn't always work. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think for the most part, the the film's humor works well enough um, like that I don't have like a huge complaint about mm-hmm. it. But it's certainly not up to Bong Joon-ho's uh, stuff. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the other characters. Um, you mentioned yeah. the uh, female cop and the cops in general. Um, what was uh, – how did you like them? They're, they're kind of used for comic relief um, throughout the film. And they, they, they do – investigate and that does move the plot along uh but mm-hmm. like watching like all four or five of them just like kind of like joke around and and basically bully the female cop that's kind of the uh uh the alternate the humor plot yeah that is the humor right there yeah yeah i i thought it was silly i i don't know if it would fly like if that kind of humor would fly in in u.s like in american movies or stuff yeah. I don't even know, like, if it would fly in Hong Kong today, like, with, with the, <laughs> yeah, with the, you know, the the culture and the the interesting, probably like better way of looking at things that we have today. So, um, I mean, basically, the underlying tones are pretty sexist, but it's also humorous. So, I don't know. I don't know what to say here. Like, it was. It's kind of funny. It was kind of silly. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think take it as a polit- political or uh, sort of gender bias commentary uh, from 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 what it is. It's, so, you're, so you're telling me you're yeah. not going to write your PhD on the gender politics of the untold story? There we go. No. <laughs> Probably a good call. Probably or maybe call. I should. Yeah, it'd be a pretty easy write, I guess. Yeah. Deconstructing gender. <laughs> yeah. In 1993's the, the Untold in Story, Hong Kong and Macau. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's no way they make this somehow. Like of all the stuff that did in this film, in some ways, that's the stuff that's like they would do the most differently if they're going to do this in uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'd make the film as messed up as it is now. I mean, Hong Kong and Macau, as you know. Uh, became mm-hmm. part of uh, China in like 97 so it's like a lot of stuff has changed and I think it's kind of watered down a lot of these uh, category 3 type films um, so they don't make them in the same sort of fashion uh, that they would have like in this like 1990s era which is kind of the golden age of category 3 um, so yeah uh, yeah I mean <laughs> I, I the female cop stuff it's it's kind of funny. Um, I I always I thought it was one moment that I thought was funny. It's just like the recurring theme of him, like uh, like their chief apparently just bringing prostitutes with him. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> what was that? And despite that, like the whole dynamic was like the female inspector Bo was like still still really interested in the in the chief female cop was really interested in the chief inspector yeah which didn't make sense yeah but it was funny yeah and everyone else just gave her shit yeah what i could tell that's right (laughs) yeah but oddly enough she seemed like she was the most competent of all of them other than maybe the chief inspector who was just like not there that's right chief inspector was sort of like he just did his uh 
flyby advising almost until the very end when it, when like it it got it became it came to the point where it couldn't be done without the chief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <clears> if, you, <throat> if you wanted anyone's job in this film, you want the chief inspector's job, uh, <laughs> who just I, seems to like hang out with, <laughs> with prostitutes, all prostitutes, and then I show know. up for five minutes and be like, "Well, yeah. you guys should go interview him." <laughs> <laughs> The the female uh, cop dresses up really nice for once, and and they all like, oh, you look like prostitute. Which, I was like, what? No, she looks really nice. It was a, yeah, it was a good outfit and everything. And it's like, what? Where is this going? But yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. don't think too much about it. Don't waste your <laughs> CP mental cycles on it. Yeah, because we'll let you deconstruct it for us on your PhD thesis, and of you'll, course. you'll, you'll of let course. us know. You can write 200 pages on it. It'll take yes. 25 times as long to read that as to watch this film. <laughs> Just wait wait a couple of months. It'll be out. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I mean, we have talked a lot about this film, um, and one of the things I did was I looked on IMDb uh, – for just the different keywords, because they'll categorize films by keywords here. Uh, and I remember doing this for Ebola syndrome a long time ago. So I'm just going to read you uh, 10 keywords. And you can tell me if you want to talk about any of these or just general thoughts on the keywords. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Prison. Cannibalism. Rape. Restaurant. Murder. Drinking urine. Vomiting. Female frontal nudity. Child murder. Okay, I think, <laughs> I think we got almost all of them. I'm surprised urine came in this as well. I almost thought that the, this list wouldn't have urine in it. I may have bumped um, that one up slightly on the list. That may have been a little <laughs> lower on the list. I, I may have uh, tilted the scales just a little bit on that one. There we go, okay. And then the, I guess the only thing was like decapitated hands or arms didn't didn't show up on this list right which yeah um have their the director i i don't know who whose choice it was but they have they were really obsessed with showing like some terrible things happening to hands throughout the throughout the movie you, even at the end with anthony wong's character uh yeah i mean the part at the end where we just see all the severed body parts i mean it's like oh jesus <laughs> this is yeah. just really messed up. I mean, he like falls asleep on one of the corpses. I mean, it's like, it's very disturbing. Yeah. yeah. It was there also like, was there also I don't I couldn't tell, but like his his hands were in his pants, so I don't know if there was also like hint at like sexual gratification after mm. uh, murdering all those people too. See, I didn't I, notice that, but that that yeah. I, that would be a. Uh, totally unsurprising to me too if that was yeah. implied uh interesting uh i mean like w he does seem to kill a lot of people after he kills the initial family uh like that's seven people right. in that family kill and then he kills the grandma and then he kills both of his employees so it's like 10 people um yeah yeah but i was gonna say uh those keywords are almost a better plot synopsis than the plot synopsis uh like to me that says everything you need to know about this film that yeah i guess it may yeah i don't know it, it feels like it might give away too much but depends on how much you want to know before deciding whether or not to view the film true 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 um yeah uh let's see uh 
anything you wanted to highlight or, or point out or talk about uh, with the film? I yeah. Would, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, restaurants or food industry in Hong Kong, I thought it was crazy the way they show cannibalism and all the other things and, and, and like just make it look really realistic uh, and really bad about the food industry in Hong Kong. Like, and and how much popularity this movie got like it 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 made a decent amount of money in box office so it got viewed by a lot of people right so yeah. like i wonder if like the audience were like yeah i'm i'm still going to go eat at the restaurants or if it just affected like people going to restaurant for a little bit like yeah it it definitely does not paint a pretty picture for people wanting to go and eat at restaurants because of like what might be going on in the background. Yeah, um, I mean, not to mention they like, show him butchering just like a pig, which is like a very normal thing to eat. And uh, uh, I mean, yeah. they make that even be pretty gross, gross, gruesome. Actually, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like if there there have been any movies where like they, it, it seemed like a real animal, like a real pig that he butchers and kind of cuts up different parts of the animal and they show like in, I think so. in a lot of detail it looks like that it, yeah. yeah i don't know if i've seen any other movies where they show something like this yeah with do the, you, like a actual real animal that they have killed do you think the uh mm-hmm. hong kong branch of PETA secretly funded this film uh i yeah i don't <laughs> i don't PETA tactics confuse me, actually. Yeah. So, and I, I'm not very familiar with their work in in specific, but every kind of instances that I listen about, hear about them, I I almost question about like what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. And how how they're trying to accomplish it. So basically, you're saying yes, they did probably fund this movie. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Um, um, the other thing was, um, what was I going to say? Um, after he kills one of his employees and then dumps them. And so just kind of, kind of continuing my thought dumps, dumps the employee's body into the, into the dumpster, like the, the rib cage or whatever. Um, next thing after, right after he dumps it, he realizes that there's blood on his hand. And then right then and there, he decides to clean it off by peeing on his own uh, hand. And then literally the next shot is him like prepping some kind of food or dough and just going at it. Uh, Clearly pointing out that he not only did he not wash his hands properly, but he peed on it and then like (laughs) just went on to like, I'm I'm just thinking like the biggest kind of like people who would protest this movie would be the restaurant owners going like what the fuck are you showing like this you cannot like you cannot show people this kind of shit yeah i mean you know how in seattle they have like the uh the ratings of like food safety is like excellent good and whatever i mean (laughs) eight immortals restaurant is not getting an excellent i'll tell you that much yeah 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 um crazy but yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Uh, I think it definitely makes a uh, point to make those stuffs really gross. And, you know, honestly, I mean, that's one thing I appreciate about this film is it has a lot of, like, little touches like that are just that are just, mm-hmm. like, really creative. Uh, and they're like, yeah. wow, I, that's a, 
that's a funny idea. I mean, for me too, is like the other one I thought about was like where he gets the other guys after he gets beaten up in prison, and he like uh, he like asks for someone else's yep. urine. And then he yeah. like, drinks it, and the guy's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, yeah. it, it helps me yeah. heal or whatever." And he's like, uh, yeah. "But you had bad heartburn, so it ruined it." Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's actually, I, I laughed at that part pretty bad. I I laughed at that too, cause, cause I just like the guy is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he explains like, "Don't you know, like in the physics." like in the physician's books or something like drinking urine heals your internal bleeding and stuff and then uh internal injuries and whatnot and then uh the guy goes like you want more <laughs> yeah and that's why he goes like your heartburn ruined it <laughs> yeah. yeah you know if anthony yeah, Wong like... <laughs> was not such an asshole in this film maybe he should like start a a youtube channel about like alternate medicine practices it's like <laughs> probably yeah probably yes, have a ton of the, subscribers the nature's healing <laughs> yeah natural pathic healing oh i 100 natural yeah <laughs> um yeah oh my god um the other thing was yeah him cutting up his arms like the first time you see that what like he's somehow cutting it up at like some kind of metal part uh that's in the prison that he or in the jail that he's stuck in it was really intense i yeah something about this director or whoever wrote the story or whoever was involved just wanted to see bad things happen to arms or something yeah <laughs> just, just yeah. getting blood everywhere and that was the the way it looked it it felt really real it was it felt very realistic and terrifying and like that's when like the real terrifying thing started started to happen obviously the the gore and stuff was also happening before and from the beginning of the movie but it just like got really intense from that, that point on like really a lot more gory stuff hap started happening quicker and sooner and faster yeah yeah the, sort of like yeah. the really physical the brutality of the yeah. murders and stuff like that or even just yeah. scenes like that which is like not even a scene yeah. where someone dies or something <laughs> it's just like but yeah i mean it, it's it's just very gruesome um yeah uh, <laughs> i mean going back to the humor slash cannibalism of the film there uh, we go i think one of the other uh one of the other parts that's funny is just like the uh chashu and and like they're all they brought all the chashu back and you know what's in them and like they're all eating it and it's just like oh god and oh, then yeah. and then the one lead detective is like oh i thought they were chicklin dumplings you don't know what's in those things <laughs> and, and oh so does he make that comment yeah, i missed yeah, that yeah he's while like they're eating he's it. like you never okay. know what's in those pork dumplings and that's <laughs> <laughs> what he said <laughs> i know i know he even makes the comment at the end when when um uh, Hong Shi Wang uh, reveals that like he he put he put the meat in those uh, pork buns, and then the, the 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 lead detective goes, "Well, I'm glad I didn't eat those." Yeah, and like all yeah. the other five yeah. are like, like vomiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, basically telling the the detectives, "I told you so." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, 
I think it's one of the smart moves of the film to reveal that stuff early. So the whole time we're just mm-hmm. like, every time we see people eating those stuff and like talking about how good it is, we're just like, oh, <laughs> just kind of yeah. gives you like that uh, gaggy type stuff going on because you know what's uh, in that stuff. Yeah. Um, the other was like, other thing was in that fight scene where the restaurant owner's brother just beats the shit out of um of anthony wong's character they also like just make him eat literal shit in the from the like the old style commode that they had and that was really intense yeah that was yeah (laughs) That, 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 was that may like, have been one of the harder scenes to watch, to be honest. Yeah. 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 And then, like, he pukes for, like, the next, like, one or two minutes. And, like, they keep showing him, like, throwing up some really disgusting things. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> it is so gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> of, of all the scenes, which scene would you say kept you up the latest? Which scene was the most responsible? Um, I couldn't, I couldn't watch the, the very last sequence where he kills the entire family. Okay. So I didn't, at what I couldn't po- watch through it. Yeah. At so, what point where you, of that sequence where you're like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm not watching. I kind of knew where it was going. And then uh-huh. like after he, he kills the first kid, I just kind of like gave up. Like I didn't even properly watch him killing the first kid, but. Okay. Yeah. And then he kills, he probably kills like all the rest of the family so yeah it's yeah. fucked up it, yeah. it's and very like, messed up yeah i kind of kind of forwarded through so i kind of saw what was happening but yeah i did not watch the the entire thing yeah it, it's certainly not for the faint of heart i mean you literally get to see him butcher the five i mean i could watch it i could watch it at another time and it'd be fine but just to <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I don't think I did justice to the Category 3 film, I guess. Oh, man. You got to get your, uh, your, your downgraded oh, Category 2, man. Uh, oh, no. You, you got to uh, oh, no. level back up. I think uh, the punishment is you have to watch Ebola Syndrome three times in a row. <laughs> and it'll put, like, the uh, things... I think Ebola Syndrome like a clockwork orange, so your eyes have to be it. open. <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah. Just can't, can't even blink. Yeah, you can't even look away. Um, there we go. Yeah, I mean, uh, on those butchery scenes, too, it's just like, the knife he is using, the butcher knife, it's mm-hmm. massive, too. That thing is yeah, huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I, I really like that they had such a massive knife for that. Uh, it just adds to it. And it's like, I don't know, it just looks massive. Um, it looks like something that you would use uh, for butchery in that sense. I don't know if I've ever seen a cleaver that big. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, watching watching the very first employee uh, figure out that his master's cheating, uh, not his master, but like the the owner of the Employer, shop is cheating. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and and um, did you feel that it was crazy that he kept trying to butt into his uh, his ish? Yeah, his ish, his things, his business, basically. A little bit, but you I know, was just like, "Oh my God, don't be stupid, employee." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't blackmail like a, a serial killer, but obviously he didn't know that. He so, didn't. Know. I mean, it made sense at the time if he thought he was just like a loser, but no, he's a, yeah. a loser that uh, is a serial murderer. <laughs> I mean, 
if, if I'm sure if he knew that he had just killed like eight people within the past week, he probably wouldn't be making those comments. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you think about the mystery uh, detect that detectives are solving and 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 how how it gets solved by basically torturing him, uh, keeping him awake. Um, I feel like the biggest break they catch is is when um, they read the letter about Immortal's letter, right? Like they get the letter twice from the the family member in in China mainland or Hong Kong or something mainland and then mainland and then um also at the same time they have this some other 60 year old lady that they talk to and also points to the eight immortals restaurant mm-hmm. so like like it, it's almost like the mystery gets handed to them and they they solve it kind of like the rest is yeah torturing is just to get a confession out of him right so like mm-hmm. they kind of already knew who it was and what, where it was going to go but yeah you know i i didn't think much about the that as- investigation aspect um it's it's pretty simple isn't it uh just the way that yeah. they eventually put it together did you have any thoughts on it I, no i mean i just like it felt very not even formulaic it almost felt like too simple but like we talked about there this movie is made for for other elements like for for the and for what it is and like it might have been like like either that it it did get really solved in in real life that way too like when when they talk about based on a true story and so they didn't try to like embellish it a whole lot mhm that, um, that makes sense yeah but, but yeah the, so I'm glad that there were more components to it, like like humor and and dark humor and stuff, so that kind of made the movie entertaining to watch. Right, right. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the anything else uh, on your end? Uh, I have one or two last things before we uh, uh, start to wrap up with winners and losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I think I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I thought one of the other interesting things is sort of like Bong Joon-ho and some of his films, I do feel like there is some social commentary in here. Um, specifically, mm-hmm. they are talking about corruption of institutions and sort of like police brutality, um, how mm-hmm. Anthony Wong is able to like show that the police were beating him and stuff like that correctly, actually, in this case, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and use that to his advantage, but how the cops sort of manipulate the situation and go him into prison. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. also interesting, sort of in the prison scene, how we show, like, the brother of the restaurant owner beating him up, uh, and then it just sort mm-hmm. of slowly, the camera slowly moves over to the prison guard, who's just sort of sitting uncomfortably oh, yeah. and letting it happen. So I think it's interesting yeah. the way that it sort of shows, like, the institutional corruption. Uh, that is actually you don't really feel bad for Anthony Wong's character in this film because he's such a scumbag, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. but it does show like sort of like these parts where like the system is you know pretty messed up. Yeah, so sort of like the lack of due process and like using yeah essentially using torture to get a confession out and like get get what you want. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah, like if they if they got the right guy and if they if that's the person that they're dealing with this way then it like if they always were catching only the right people and dealing with them this way then it would be fair but what if they didn't get the right person and now some innocent guy is stuck this way yeah it'd be pretty crazy 
Uh, it made me think of a conversation I had with my uncle in India, and I think in India also, the um, like due process is not the same as here, and like I don't know what the laws are per se, but like at least on the TV, it's portrayed that like the cops will beat the beat the person that they suspect uh, to get a confession out. Right. So it was it was interesting kind of juxtaposition posing it with or like kind of looking back here and the laws in the u.s and like talking about due process of course there's also like mm -hmm. other issues with due process here and like right how 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 different depending on where you are how well it might be followed yeah also. so yeah well i think it's interesting how the film uh has so much things going on but still it somehow makes those yeah. points i mean i'm not going to pretend yeah. like this is like the ultimate melding of genres and stuff like that like something's of memories no. of murder is uh yeah because it, it also reminded me of memories of murder in that aspect because we see a lot of the torture in memories of murder uh too and and it's definitely uh kind of showcasing that systematic um mm -hmm. uh, oppression of the people um there so i think mm -hmm. i think it's kind of uh I don't know. It's like it has more in common with a really classy, great film like mm -hmm. Memories of Murder than you would think from its like really lowly <laughs> origin. So I appreciated that aspect sure. as well. Yeah. Um, I had uh, one kind of just very related thing that was kind of that I noticed was like how uh, Anthony Wong's character in both the cases actually like. In both the situations where he's getting beat up and then where he's also being asked to give a confession during the uh while he was in the hospital he like he shows emotionality he like he kind of says like cops you guys are corrupt and you're framing me kind of and stuff uh and then also he like when when he's getting beaten up in the prison he actually asks the guard for help which for the kind of like ruthless cold-blooded killer that they show him it it was surprising that they also chose to show kind of a level of almost weirdly an emotional depth for him um sort of like a love yeah i don't I, I wouldn't call it emotional depth but like a level of emotional thinking that he he kind of like asked people to empathize with him and and that surprised me because that's the kind of thing that empathy is kind of thing that you wouldn't expect from like such cold blooded, cold blooded psych psychopathic killers, right? Right. And but, I mean, but you also made a yeah. good point of like, um, sorry, you go ahead. Actually, no, no, no you go. Yeah. This is your um, you also made a good point of like how this character is very is a little bit different than just your normal psychopathic killers, right? But he's also like very much like blaming his problems onto others and and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, kind of goes a little bit hand in hand but yeah 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 I but mean, also a little bit different yeah and i almost forgot to mention also the doctor uh definitely violates the hippocratic oath there uh at some point uh to uh help the police uh keep anthony wong awake uh so he will eventually confess too so uh oh yeah wanted to add that too but yeah i mean i think you're right on i mean i think that speaks to anthony wong being just a great actor uh the fact that he mm -hmm. can somehow do that mm -hmm. and and put those parts uh and it's like oh yeah <laughs> that makes sense that uh rather than just being really really singular noted like this is 
really truly a great acting performance in like a role that you usually don't see great actors take mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um all right well uh i want to get to winners and losers uh but first i wanted yeah. to ask you one last question uh would you recommend this film to anyone at all um can you think I of a would single recommend person it with yeah. like a few words of caution like we could just if we could just use some of the plot keywords like <laughs> recommended who are not sort of afraid by these plot keywords and then like put 10 of those keywords that we talked about earlier okay do, do you know and then if somebody wants to watch it then they can go for it okay because you know as soon as for me it's like as soon as i read the keywords i was like drinking urine i was like oh yeah i'm in oh yeah this is <laughs> this is my kind of movie <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So, so exactly. If if that's the kind of movie, then like you you will. If that's the kind of movie you like, then you will be entertained. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, winners and losers. Uh, you got anyone to put on the board? Anthony Wong, as a winner. Yeah. Like, despite his character getting beaten up se- severely, despite yeah all the crazy things his character does and despite him being forced into this movie he i feel like he comes out on the top and wins an award really great performance yeah another winner uh herman yell who we haven't talked about nearly enough he's the director okay i think he did a fantastic job uh just mixing all this stuff he's not working from like super classy material but he, similar uh-huh. to Anthony Wong, uh, just sells it really well and, and uh, has great gore practical effects. Uh, I think the gore mm-hmm. looks fantastic in this film. Uh, and uh, and I, he's no Bong Joon-ho, but he does a good job of mixing the different tones. And I think it's a oh, yeah. good film uh, that uh, I wouldn't recommend to most people just because it's sort of faint of heart. But I think for the right <laughs> audience, uh, I think it, like our, our good friend Inyaki, I think... Uh, might might enjoy this film, uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. maybe a little bit of Jeffrey Brazell, uh, uh might might like yeah, this film maybe. too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got any more other winners losers? Um, I got a loser if uh, if you okay. want to keep thinking. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, you you take on. And this is sort of still in yours, but uh, the Chinese Restaurant okay. Association, uh, prob- probably not a big fan of this film. Uh, <laughs> probably disowning uh, Anthony Wong. Uh. Yeah, I I feel like you like there are so many restaurants in Hong Kong. There would be a good percentage of population who would not be happy with with this movie. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I. There. That's a that's a good pick for the losers. Um. Who else? I guess. Um. Wang Shi Wang's uh or Wang Shi Hong's uh, uh, victims. They're they're definitely a big big loser. Yeah, they I mean that that family looks like in the most brutal way. Yeah, that family looked like they were gonna have plenty of descendants, and all of a sudden it went down to no one. He just wiped out the whole family. Yeah, jeez, that was yeah, Shang Long and and family. Yeah, not not doing too well. Uh, another yeah. loser, uh, the Macau Police Union. You know, we're in the moment here in the U.S. where uh, ACAB, all cops are bastards. Uh, uh, this might be the movie for those times. 
that's uh, I don't know. They they kind of made the the cops look good because they literally put put them against um, Han Wang Han, right? So that's true. That's um, true. I mean, like in comparison, they're definitely the good guys. Good uh, guys. Okay, so maybe yeah. they're not a loser. Maybe they're neutral. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with your original assessment for sure, but <laughs> just saying, like from from just a like a purely a movie perspective, they come out come out of and a little bit better than the character. Yeah, uh, that's that's not saying much. That's not saying much. <laughs> no, no. Uh, um, anyone else? Yeah. I think I think this is a pretty decent list, unless you have you have more people to add. Nope, I think that is it. Uh, so, winners are the people that made this film. Losers are uh-huh. everyone in it, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to talk... I know we're, we're, like, at the end of our categories, but I wanted to... If you wanted to spend a couple of minutes talk about, like, the the budget and box office, I think you had that, but we didn't go into, like, super detail about, about that stuff, so... Yeah, do you have that information pulled up? I actually don't have it in front of me. Um, I don't have the budget for the movie. It doesn't seem like it's a super high budget movie. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like some of the things that might have cost the most would be like, like, you know, getting Anthony Wong to act in it and probably like some of the like weird, uh, decapitated arm models that they put in. Um, um, yeah, I can't find the budget. So, so, so don't know the budget, but like it, it grossed. Like fifteen and a half million, or some some somewhere along those lines of uh, Hong Kong dollars, or what's the currency? Yeah, yeah, Hong Kong um, dollars. Uh, Hong Kong dollars, right? So that's pretty which good. Is, yeah, which is amazing. So I had a I I kind of uh, pulled up a list of like top grossing movies in the nineties and two thousands, and like the highest grossing, you know, in the nineties was. Um, Police Story Four, with uh, Jackie Chan, and that 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 grossed fifty seven and a half million, so, like a few orders of magnitude higher, but for a movie that's that's literally rated category three, yeah, it is really super impressive, to yeah. to yeah. to see that it like, where's got like, fifteen and a half million Hong Kong dollars? Yeah, whereas like Police Story Four is like. It's unsurprising that would be the biggest grossing. I mean, it's like a big Jackie yeah. Chan vehicle, big star, uh, probably yeah. a huge budget, really successful franchise. So, I mean, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, And a lot of the other, uh, or a few of the other ones are also still Jackie Chan movies like uh, Rumble in the Bronx and uh, Armor yeah. of God 2 and a couple of others. Yeah. I mean, this so, is why so, I'd be uh, in favor. I, I, this is my marketing pitch to Marvel Studios of why they should be funding <laughs> Ant-Man 5, The Untold Story 5. <laughs> uh, so I was going to say something similar, which is like, they should, do, they should definitely give it a shot here. But also, it is very surprising that it worked so well in Hong Kong. And I don't... I, I would be curious, like, if the studios gave it a proper attempt, if they would be able to make it work here. Because I know there is a decent amount of audience to, to like, go and watch these kind of movies. I don't know if the re- return on investment would be the same for, for from studio perspective. 
Yeah, I think you'd probably have to make it pretty low budget. Uh, but, you know, it yeah. could be doable. Yeah. We don't, we don't get a whole lot of NC-17 movies here. So... And I haven't seen any of them, really. I've partially seen Eyes Wide Shut, but I didn't even fully watch that. So. No, we don't. I mean, it, it seems like people don't want to go into that territory. If your re- film gets rated NC-17, I think you sort of downgrade it to R, and uh, if you can, uh, with yeah. the ratings board and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And there, there's always an attempt with, like, these James Bond movies that could, that could be R-rated movies, and they try to bring them down to PG-13 because, like, just just going down a rating level just increases their ability to make so much more money off of it, so... Right, right, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, um, it's unfortunate we were being robbed of good movies just so that they could make money. <laughs> yeah. Socialism. Sweden makes great Category 3 films. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, any uh, last thoughts before we wrap? All good. I think we covered everything okay. that I can recall. Cool. Well, thank you all for tuning in to the Category 3 podcast. It's uh, first actual Category 3 film. Uh, this has uh, been a lot of fun, Meet. So thank you uh, for watching this film and staying up till 6 a.m. And uh, <laughs> we will catch you all next time. Catch you all next time. Bye.